98.5 WSBFM Atlanta. It's Tad Drex and Kara, and we have our coronavirus expert who comes on several times a week to answer some of our questions about coronavirus, Dr. Carlos Del Rio from Emory University. And uh, getting right to it, Dr., uh, a lot of people are talking about this being the worst week, this kind of being peak week. Is that? Uh, do you agree with that? Well, it's hard to know. It's going to be in April sometimes. You know, it's a little bit like trying to, I mean, this is unfortunately not like the groundhog. You can't really predict when the sun is going to come out. But, but you know, the, the, the numbers are changing. And I think a lot of what we're beginning to see is, is, you know, changes in the model because of social distancing and because we are finally seeing an impact of, of, the, of what we call flattening the curve. Mm-hmm. So in some places, you are seeing sort of a, a leveling off and a slowdown in the number of new new infections, and that's good. That's what we wanted. So at the end of the day, the more we delay, the more the peak is delayed, the better our response has been. Dr. Del Rio, I've seen a lot of people walking around, especially recently, with the gloves and the masks and all that. Um, speak to the gloves specifically, because isn't if you, you know, the gloves, you touch your phone, well, boom, you still got germs on. So what's, what's the best practice there? Exactly. I think what people need to understand is the gloves. I'm not excited about the gloves just because the, um, <clears throat> you still need to wash your hands. You still need to clean your hands, whether you have a glove or not, right? So if you're going to use gloves, and I'll give you an example. I was talking to somebody who says, you know, when I go, I have a glove in my car. And when I go to the gas station, I wear a glove because I get my glove. I get the, the, the nozzle. I put it in and I touch the keypad. But then I take off the glove, throw it away, and then I wash my hands. That's fine. If you want to do it that way, that's fine. But again, if you just said, look, I touch the nozzle. I put it in my car. Then I touch the keypad. And then I, I take my Purell or whatever. I clean my hands. And then I get in the car. That's also fine. But at the end of the day, the glove really didn't make much of a difference. You still need to wash your hands. Right. It's like a false sense of security, mm-hmm. I feel like. I'm afraid of the gloves. I'm afraid of th- putting too much on the gloves. <laughs> too much. Yeah, and, and too much confidence on the glove. And, right. You know, if, if, having the, if having the glove is going to make you not wash your hands, be careful with the glove. All right. We have, a, uh, we have a question from a listener. John, go ahead. You're on with Dr. Del Rio. Question is, I'm a healthcare worker, and I'm curious to know if I do contract this virus, what? We know there's no cure, but what do we stay ahead of the fever? Do we suppress the fever? What kind of treatment, home treatment, over the counter treatments are recommended? Well, thank you, John, for joining, and again, thank you for being a healthcare worker. People need to realize that the healthcare workers are really, you know, doing a yeoman's work around the country, around the world, and, and really exposing themselves and putting themselves at, at harm's way. And we're trying to protect them with personal protective equipment, but <clears throat> at the end of the day, you still have some risk, and you're actually thinking the right way. There are a couple of things you need to do. Number one, you need to make sure that if you get infected and you are going to stay home and get ice, you, you need to make sure you stay isolated at home. What, in other words, you don't want to infect other people in your household, and that's actually one of the most important things because we know from several studies that transmission within the household it's a real problem when somebody gets infected and then infects other people in the household because of being in close contact. So isolation of that person is important. The other one is, is, is managing symptoms, right? So I would say taking care of your fever, and I would recommend Tylenol or paracetamol to do that. Uh, you can also use uh, ibuprofen, but there are some data and some suggestions that ibuprofen may actually make symptoms, make the, the disease worse. So, you know, the data is not conclusive, but I, I like to, to, if possible, to avoid it. Now, that's the only thing you have to control the fever. You should take it. And then you need to make sure you stay well hydrated and eat well because whenever you have a fever, 
you sweat, you lose a lot of fluid, and that could put you into renal failure. So staying ahead of the game by drinking plenty of fluids and staying, you know, hydrated, I think is going to be very important. We appreciate John coming on, like Dr. Del Rio said, being a healthcare worker. Dr. Del Rio, you said that uh, if the, if you do feel those symptoms, to go ahead and self-isolate, meaning stay away from your family? Absolutely. Or if you're going to be with your family, you need to put a face mask, but I would still stay at least six feet away. My wife's all of a sudden going to start having mm-hmm. some symptoms, lock herself <laughs> in the room. <laughs> she did 13 years ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, right, we want to take a break and come back. We've got some questions from our open mic. And Drex, you have a question that... Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm curious if we if there's a, a small little light at the end of the tunnel and what does getting back to normal look like? So I'm curious about what, uh, what Dr. Del Rio has to say about that when we come back. Absolutely. We are so lucky to have Emory University here and such a brilliant doctor... Carlos Del Rio at our disposal several times a week to answer your coronavirus questions. You can ask a question anytime. I mean, however you normally get in touch with us, phone call, you can put, use the open mic on the B98.5 mm-hmm. app or on Facebook. But if you have a question, there are no dumb questions. Um, just get get in touch with us. And next time we talk with Dr. Del Rio, we'll be sure to ask him. We have a question from open mic from Brittany in Buckhead. Is it really true that the virus can spread just from breathing air? That seems so crazy that the virus can spread just by being in the same room as someone. Have you gotten any, because we talked about this a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it was like, uh, you said that was something that was done in a laboratory, so you didn't really like this study. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I don't think, this is not an airborne virus. I think what they did in that study is they created an, an abnormal condition. We know in healthcare, if you produce in procedures that produce a lot of aerosols, you could potentially create aerosolization and cause the virus to be floating around. But that's that's in a forced condition. So in general terms, I mean, if you're walking around, you're not going to get infected from the virus being in the air. That's not how this virus spreads. What about an elevator? Like, I have an elevator in my building, and I'm always wondering, is something lingering in there? Well, you know, my, my biggest risk, my biggest concern in the elevator is not necessarily the air, but it's actually the... Um, uh, the elevator button and the uh, and the elevator, you know, maybe the railing that is there. Whatever you touch, because actually we know we, we know for sure that touching surfaces, inanimate surfaces, contributed to the transmission of this virus. So I worry more about that than I worry about the elevator itself. Uh, Dr. Del Rio, we're seeing just small little glimmers of hope. It, it does feel like there's a just a small little, little light we could see at the end of the tunnel. Um, what does getting back to normal look like? There's no way this is going to end on a Friday and everyone's back to work on a Monday. What What is what is getting back to normal going to look like in the future? Well, that's a question that we're all asking and a lot of people are looking at. And it, there are several scenarios of going back, getting back to normal. And there's several places. I mean, it's going to look different in different places. I think one of the toughest places to know what normal is going to be like is a city like New York, right, mm-hmm. where people are crammed together. There's, it's very hard to stop to practice social distancing in a, in a city like New York. So I think, think a city like New York is going to have a lot of difficulties. You know, getting back to a full normal is going to take them some time. But outside of, of, of places like that, I think, you know, what's going to happen is probably as we have more testing. And I think one of the things that's going to be critical it's having what we call serological testing. And that means the testing that you do, you know, a, a blood test that will tell you, yes, you've been exposed or not. Because many people probably, when that test becomes available, are going to say, hey, you know, I already have this. I don't need to worry about it. So I think serological testing is going to help us. So I think that's one thing. The other thing that is going to help us, quite frankly, is 
is is seeing what our work environment is. And I think it's going to look different. I mean, it may be that, you know, in, in certain conditions, if you are over the age of 65, if you have chronic diseases, maybe you, you're, you continue going to work and wearing a mask for quite some time, right? I think we're going to have a lot less meetings because, you know, we've learned through this epidemic and through this time that we can do a lot of things through telework and telecommute. We don't need to be doing so many on, you know, in-person events. So maybe that's going to be a change. So I think a lot of things are going to change, but I think, you know, the opening of the economy, the return to normal is going to be a slow process. I think the challenge is going to be, you know, and, and something that I thought a lot about is how do we go back to a, a, a normal in, in something like, for example, uh, sports? You know, how do you think about having a football game with 100,000 people in a, a stadium? What are going to be the, the risks? How are you going to decide that? I think, I think that's one of the toughest parts of it. And I think that's one of the, of the real sort of tough questions is how do we go back to having those really large events that we, we are very good at, we like in the U.S., but, you know, clearly there's going to be a risk involved in those. So, so I think the, the, the question there is a, a lot tougher one and, and one that I honestly uh, don't know the answer. And I think a lot of very smart people are still thinking about it. One final question from Emily in Brookhaven. I'm wondering um, for the doctor if it's bad if your diet consists of coffee, pirate booty, and white claw. Will that make it worse if you get the coronavirus? Thank you. Please don't answer that question. Right. <laughs> all, all I would say, all I would say is, is diet is important in the sense that you know when I, when everybody now is in, in at home and we're all sitting in our couch and you know watching Netflix. I think we need to remember to still eat healthy. I think if we don't eat healthy. We have run the risk of, you know, becoming junk food addicts and, and this will be bad because at the end of the day, we know that diabetes, we know that obesity, we know that those two diseases, hypertension, are important risk factors for bad outcomes in, in this disease. So if anything, I would say take care of your health because the healthier you are, the better you're going to do if you happen to get infected. Love it. Dr. Del Rio, we'll talk to you later this week. Thank you so much for being here for us. Take care and have a good day.